There are three sides to every story. Your side, their side, and the truth. But the truth seems harder to find than ever before. You can't handle the truth! Or maybe we just have more difficulty accepting it. Sometimes you've got to stand up for truth even though it may cost you your life. Welcome to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp. Here, we hope you'll find answers to some of life's everyday struggles. You can learn more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. Jesus said the truth will set you free. So what makes it so hard to accept? Today, Charles Tapp explains that sometimes accepting the whole truth and nothing but the truth may require sacrifice. Listen in as he shares part two in his series, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life with his message, the kingdom of truth. For as long as I can remember, I have always had an affinity for movies that had a military theme. When I was a youngster growing up in the Midwestern part of the United States in St. Louis, Missouri, I would stay up late during the summers so that I could watch these war military kinds of movies. It didn't matter whether it was focused on World War I or World War II or the Civil War. It really wasn't all that much important to me as a distinction of the war. What was important to me was that I just had a love for these kinds of films. And as I got older, the kind of movies that I watched evolved and expanded to include not only those that had a military theme, but those that had a legal and political twist to it as well. That's why even today, TV dramas like The West Wing and others of that nature, I could watch all day long. As a matter of fact, several years ago, I bought the box set of the final season, seventh season, of The West Wing on DVD, and I got in my bed with my laptop and watched the entire season uninterrupted for bathroom or commercial break. <laughs> That's how much I love that kind of film. I was telling somebody earlier today that if I had not been a preacher, I could have easily gone into the military or I could have been an attorney. I don't know what it is about ministry, those kinds of things that overlap at times. So you can imagine how excited I was several years ago when I discovered a film that contained both a military as well as a legal law-based plot to it. The film is titled, A Few Good Men. How many of you know that film? Great film, classic. It starred Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. In A Few Good Men, Cruise plays a military lawyer who leads to the defense of a court-martial of two U.S. Marines who have been accused of murdering a fellow Marine in their same unit, which is under the command of Colonel Nathan Jessup, who, by the way, was played by Jack Nicholson. To make a long story short, there's a scene in this particular film that I believe that is so powerful that it transcends the movie itself, for it is found a concrete place in our current culture. In my opinion, it is one of the most simple but yet prolific lines ever uttered on the silver 
screen. Allow me to set it up for you. That's, that's my producer talk there. The scene takes place in a courtroom where the defense attorney played by Cruz is in the midst of a very intense cross-examination of Colonel Jessup, played by Jack Nicholson, who is believed by Cruz to be covering up the truth so that he might save his name as well as his distinguished military career. Let's take a look at it for a moment. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You can't handle the truth. Now, powerful? Every time I hear that line, it sends chills up and down my spine. I don't know whether it was because of Jack Nicholson's great delivery or whether there's something deep inside my spirit that has to come to the conclusion that maybe he's right. Maybe you and I really can't handle the truth. We say we can. We tell ourselves in the court of law, tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. But can we really handle the truth? And the reason why I ask that question is because if we could, we wouldn't be so willing to hide it, to avoid it to run from it, to ignore it, to reject it, to try to negate it, to bury it, or to cover it up. What's so dangerous about the truth that we're so fearful of it, Terry? Nicholson's words, I believe, in a very real sense, reflect our current society. We're always trying to hide or avoid the truth. Even with the simplest of things, if someone asks you, hey, how are you doing today? Instead of telling them the truth, we'll tell them, well, you know, things are great on top of the world. Well, deep inside your soul, your world is literally hanging by a thread. But instead of being honest and telling it like it is, oh, it's fine. Things are dandy. Couldn't have been better. And then you go home and close the door and cry or grab a bottle or some other thing that soothes your pain. What's so dangerous about the truth? Even our advertisement and our commercials, the culture tells us it's all right to tell a lie instead of being honest and tell the truth. One of my favorite commercials has a, a wife who's trying on a, a pair of jeans that she's had in her closet for quite some time and, and she's pulling them up and she, and she finally buckles them and she turns to her husband, you've seen this haven't you, turns to her husband and says, baby, how do I look? And instead of telling her the truth, and instead of saying you need to put those back in the closet for a few months, he quickly reaches into his pocket, pulls out a candy bar and stuffs it into his mouth. Some might say, well, he wasn't lying. He was just being a very wise husband. Because <laughs> sometimes telling the truth can get you into a whole lot of trouble. Sometimes telling the truth 
can cause you to lose your head, literally. Sometimes telling the truth can have you excommunicated or denounced as a heretic. Sometimes telling the truth, just ask Nelson Mandela, who before he was president of South Africa spent 27 years of his life behind bars in a little dingy cell simply because he told the truth. For some reason, we have a problem not only with telling the truth, but we have a problem with people who are willing to stand up and defend the truth. Do we really want the truth? Better yet, what is truth? To some, that may sound like a very strange question because I've always thought that the truth was simple, that the truth should be easy. All throughout our culture, all throughout our existence, we've had individuals who have been searching for this thing called the truth. In John chapter 18, turn there with me, in John's gospel we find another courtroom drama unfolding right before our very eyes. In John 18, we see that Jesus has been found guilty in this kangaroo Jewish court. And now he finds himself in the judgment hall of Pilate, awaiting his sentence. His charge, blasphemy on one sense, high treason in another. Let's just pick the story up in John chapter 18 as we look at verses 33 to verse 38. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again and, and called Jesus and said to him, are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are, 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 you, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, Jesus says, hears my voice. What is this thing called truth? At one time, that might have been an easy question to answer, but not anymore because now it depends upon who you ask. For today in our postmodern society, there's your truth and then there's my truth, which means there's nothing that we call today absolute truth. For our humanistic culture teaches that the mind is the ultimate standard of right and wrong. It's the truth that's right for me. And you have the truth that's right for you. In other words, all truth becomes relative. 
It has been said that relative truth is like a ship moving through the sea, moving through the water, but it has no compass, it has no rudder, it is simply tossed back and fro by the ideas and philosophies of man. For we define truth as simply something that is a fact, something that is reality, something that is an accepted statement or proposition. That's one thing, but the culture is suggesting that there's no real state of anything. There is no true reality, only man's opinions and only man's perceptions. But if that's the case, then if there's no absolute truth, there is no right and there's no wrong. And that's a dangerous culture to live in. So when Pilate asked his question of Jesus, what is truth? In essence, he was asking, what's real? What's reality? Give me something I can place my head on as well as my hopes. Give me something that I can just plunge my life into that I know that it's real and it's not a cheap imitation or facade. Jesus, what is truth? What is truth? Isn't that what we're looking for today? Are we looking for truth? Isn't that what our young people today in our culture are looking for? Truth, you know, we, we've given our young people a bad deal because we criticize their behavior many times, but a lot of times that quote unquote acting out or crazy behavior is the result of their search for truth. They're looking for something that is real. And listen to me, many times they can't find it in me and they can't find it in you, so they do crazy things all trying to discover what is real for them. Because their culture is telling them whatever you think is real, that's what's real. Whatever you believe to be right, then your mind, your intelligence is the standard that determines what's right because there is no absolute truth. Theologian after theologian have said that when Pilate asked Jesus that question, what is truth, that Pilate in a very small sense was, was kind of being very caustic or sarcastic, but I disagree with that. In my opinion, I really believe that in Pilate's soul, he was searching, he was thirsty, he was frustrated in his search for truth. So he said to Jesus, let me just ask you, what is truth? Maybe you can give me an answer. And it says that Jesus didn't say anything. But in Jesus' silence, he spoke volumes. In essence, Jesus was saying to Pilate, Pilate, you want the truth? Pilate, let me tell you something. You can't handle the truth. Because if you really wanted the truth, open your eyes and see that the truth is standing right in front of you. Do you really think you can handle the truth? That's why we run from it. That's why we attempt to cover it up. That's why we try to negate it. That's why we try to deny it. Because when we're confronted with truth, many times we just can't handle the truth. Jesus' silence was basically telling Pilate that you'll never find truth in some clever philosophical argument, but truth is an encounter with God. And that's why when Thomas asked him the question, Jesus, how are we going to know where you're going? 
How are we going to get there with you if you're not even going to tell us where you're going? And, and Jesus said, listen, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. You're listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Kingdom of Truth. And if you're enjoying this message or you'd like to find others like it, you can find out more by visiting simpletruthsforlife.org. We'll conclude with the rest of his message right after this. Man, when I think about WGTS, I think about family. And uh, WGTS lifts me up. The whole crew has truly been a blessing in my life. And um, I'm forever grateful for WGTS and what they do for myself and for the community. Support makes a difference. I always uh, encourage people. Like, you want to listen to something, be encouraged when you're going through a tough time. Starting at 91.9, um, they are definitely up with the spirits. And uh, especially in the trying time we're in right now in society. Working together to impact the nation's capital. We are family. And I am forever grateful for, for the WGPS family because that's exactly what it is family. And we get to be a part of that as listeners, which is is amazing. Listener funded, WGTS 91.9. Always encouraging. At 88.3 on the Eastern Shore. This is Simple Truths for Life. And there's been a lot of debate recently about what's really fake news or what's real. How do we know what's true? Jesus said that the truth will set you free. And Charles Tapp investigates more into what this means as he continues his message the kingdom of truth. Jesus said to Pilate, you say I'm a king, yeah, I'm a king, but I'm not a kingdom of this world. I'm a kingdom of truth. And by the way, Pilate, I am that very truth, that very reality. And if only Pilate had recognized that his search for truth was finally over, for right in front of his very eyes, just a few feet away from him, stood the embodiment of truth. This was Pilate's moment, and he missed it. How many times has truth been placed right before our very eyes, but instead of embracing it and accepting it, we ignored it? Back in the 60s, if if many in this country had denied truth, I wouldn't be standing here today. Sometimes you've got to stand up for truth even though it may cost you your life. Why? Because it's truth. You can't buy truth. You you can't sell truth. You can ignore it. You can run from it. You can flat out deny it. But ultimately, in the end, all of us are going to have to come face to face with this thing called truth. And one of the reasons I believe so many are afraid of this thing called truth is because once you're confronted with truth, you have to make a decision. Because what truth does, truth holds up a mirror and it puts it right in front of you. And many times we don't like how we look. We can hide it. We can run from it. Jesus says to Pilate, listen, everyone who is of the truth, of the kingdom of truth, he or she hears my voice. And that's why I believe so many are fighting this thing called absolute truth and fighting the fact that God is the holder of absolute truth. Because if you accept that, you have to change. I remember when I was growing up in St. Louis, I had this issue, Dave, with truth. 
When I was in the first grade, I didn't go to a church school. I wasn't, I didn't grow up in the Adventist church. I don't have that privilege. Some of you don't think it's a privilege. Trust me, it's a privilege. My teacher pulled out a, a huge calendar on these rollers. You know, today they don't have that. They just have the PowerPoint. Just go, yeah. But she pulled out this huge calendar on rollers, and she said, class, now let's go through the days of the week. What's the first day of the week? We all said, Monday. She said, no, 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 no. And she flipped over the chart. She said, let's go. Follow with me. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And she went through the entire week, and the seventh day is Saturday. And I went, wow. That's deep. So when I went back to church and the preacher was talking about the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, six days you'll do all that stuff, but the seventh day you'll rest. Let's see, Sunday, Monday, uh, Mr. Preacher, the Bible says that the seventh day is the Sabbath and my teacher, she pulled out this big calendar and she gave us the days of the week and, and did you know that that Saturday is the seventh day? Like Pilate, he just walked away because he was confronted with truth. But when I became of age of 16, I told my parents, listen, this is truth. And when you stand for truth, it's going to cost. My parents said, you can be part of that if you want to but not as long as I'm in this house. Guess what? Six months later, she was no longer in my house. I became a Seventh-day Adventist at the age of 16 because I decided to stand for truth and it cost me. The money that was supposed to have been reserved for my college disappeared. There were days I went hungry because of truth. Sabbath, I stayed in church all day because I didn't want to go home because I had to stand for truth. If I had not stood for truth over 40 some odd years ago, I wouldn't be here. Pilate knew tradition, but he didn't recognize truth when it stared him in the face. There's a quotation Ellen White, of Ellen White that I read when I was in college. The greatest want of the world is the want of men and women who will not be what, folk? Bought are sold. Men who in their innermost souls are true and honest. Men who do not what? Fear to call sin by its right name. Men whose conscience 
is as true to the duty as the needle to the pole. Men who will stand for the right though the heavens fall. And I love that last part of the phrase, though the heavens fall. In essence, she is saying basically, when everything that you have faith in appears as though it's going to crumble, still stand for what you know is true. So here's the question today. Can you handle the truth? When I first joined this church, I heard this expression, we have the truth. Oh, did you know we have the truth? Oh, by the way, we have the truth. Jesus isn't asking us if we have the truth. Jesus is asking us, do we know the truth? For he said, if you know the truth in the person of Jesus Christ, then the truth will set you free. Truth transcends tradition. Truth transcends a collection of ideas. Truth is in the person of Jesus Christ and maybe Jesus was quiet because if he had said, I am the truth, Pilate wasn't ready to hear that truth. Because once we are confronted with truth, truth transforms. How many times have we walked away from truth? How many times have we tried to dig a hole and put truth in it? You can't run from truth but for so long. Jesus says, I am the way, not just any way, the way. I am the truth, not just a truth, not one of many truths. I am the truth. My kingdom is a kingdom of truth. And anyone who hears my voice and is of my kingdom will know and follow me. Father God, we have prided ourselves in having truth. But having truth isn't enough. We've got to know truth. We've got to know the truth of the person of Jesus Christ. Standing for truth costs. Standing for truth is not determined by a majority vote. Truth is determined by a thus saith the Lord. Father, you are looking for men and women, young men and young women, who are willing to stand for truth, though it appears as though everything around them in their world is falling apart. But thank you for the truth in a world filled with so many truths, in a world where truth is relative. May we place our anchor on the real truth. May we live truth and not just talk truth. May we walk truth. May we embrace truth. May truth be such a part of us that people will see the, the real truth, the absolute truth, not just in our words, but in our daily deeds. But more than that, thank you for the power to live for truth. And now, fathers, we worship you by returning to you that which you have made us stewards over our tithes and our offerings, as we give them back to you, O oh Lord, 
May they serve as vehicles to share truth, to take truth all over this globe, but more importantly, to take truth right in our community. Bless it, Father, I pray. Bless the family right now that's struggling financially. Bless the husband who's lost his job, the wife that's looking for new employment, the young person that can't pay their school tuition. I pray that you will provide a way for them. Thank you again, O oh Lord, I pray, for the real truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in the person of Jesus Christ. May that truth live in our lives is my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simple Truths for Life with Charles Tapp and his message, The Kingdom of Truth. And if you want to listen again or share it with someone, you can find these messages on platforms like Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. Or visit us online at simpletruthsforlife.org. Now here's what we're working on for next week. We're fighting for half our own way. We're fighting for what we really think truth is as opposed to what God's Word says it is. We're fighting to develop our own lifestyle apart from the relationship of God, and we fail to realize that when we fight for our own lives, we're in for the fight of our lives. Jesus said that He is the life, and next week, Charles Tapp shares how you can discover the abundant life that you've been offered as he concludes this series with his message, Fighting for Your Life. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll plan to join us again next week for more Simple Truths for Life.